Oh my goodness, hello students, and welcome for the first time ever to Pop Culture University. Is there no more university? That's right, we're on a brand new podcast spot. And unfortunately, moving host means we have to bury Pop Culture University in the ground and move on to our next chapter. But I think that also means that you guys have earned your associates, your associate degree from Pop Culture University. And now you're going to get your bachelor's at Pop Culture University. So let me tell you why I decided to just do this little switch of podcast host. If you don't know what a podcast host is, that basically means the platform you use to upload and distribute your podcast to all the different servers like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, Echo Podcast, so many of those different platforms you can put them on. Usually you'll have a host that will help you with that, do that for you. They'll maybe put funding into your podcast, use it for advertisements, campaigns. I was told in the past that I would be given some of those opportunities. Um, But really, (laughs) it seems like there's no point in me using a different podcast host other than myself. So, you know, on the Pop Culture University page, under the title of the podcast, it would say Believe. Now, under the title of this podcast, it just says Patty Eminger. Ooh, it's giving Pop Culture University Patty's version. (laughs) Something I've learned being in the social media space is that I work super, super hard. And some people will offer you their help or offer you partnerships or say that they can boost you, but their really only intention is to take a percent. And we're not even talking about my past podcast people. I'm just talking about people in general. So I just want to do everything on my own now or only work with people who work as hard as I do. There is a bar if you want to work with me and be in my business. And that bar is that you have to work as hard, if not harder than me. And my manager right now definitely does. He's amazing, incredible. And one day if I find someone, maybe let's say for the podcast, who can launch me and actually help me so much or help me film it and offer me those things, I will do that. But for now, I just need to have Pop Culture University be ran by me, looked over by me, and the only percentage is taken by me. And that's definitely a lesson that we can learn today. That can be the first lesson at this new pop culture university. But yeah, now you guys are going for your bachelors. We've leveled up, we've upgraded, and this new podcast is just going to be bigger and better, more exciting, more fun, more uh, listener interaction. And now that I'm in LA, there's going to be more guests. There's going to be more surprises, more stories, more real life celebrity experiences. And it's only going to get better and bigger. It's going to grow faster. I'm going to promote it more. Uh, Yeah, so you're going to get your bachelor's and you'll be able to get any job you want after streaming Pop Culture University. And don't worry, the student loans will only be like $200,000, but let's not worry about that part until after. There's going to be a new schedule here as well, students. So your new class schedule for this new school that you're going to is going to be, unfortunately, one time a week. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. One time a week for now. We'll see how it goes. One time a week on Tuesday. I've seen better results when I do one time a week, when I am able to distribute my time more, because like I'm saying, I do a lot of these things by myself. I see better quality in my episodes when I only do once a week. So we're going to start with once a week. And 
insight that I've heard from the social media industry as well. Certain people doing YouTube, it's really inspiring. And I want to try to do a long form sit down face to face YouTube video to take place of the second episode a week. So once a week, I'll do the podcast. Once a week, I'll do a long form YouTube. So look out for that. But it's going to be every Tuesday, this class. And, you know, Tuesdays suck. So at least there's something to look forward to now. But yeah, please review, please share, please tell everyone, your friends, your lovers, your side chicks, your main chicks, your therapist, your milkman, your sugar daddy, email your local politicians, your congressman, tell them all to stream Pop Culture University. And now that we're all back together and this is my own thing, I'm going to be the best professor in the world. I'll give you all I have and nothing less, I promise. Love me and don't look back. I want you with me on this road to the sky. We'll be shining every night, I promise you. Just me and you. Okay, so let's get into the first episode. I want to do something a little different. I have these bits that I do at the end of the show every week. It will either be like a segment called What Would You Like to Share with the Class? Where a podcast listener will send in some crazy drama and tea and insane story about their personal life. And some of y'all have some fucked up personal lives that gag me in my dm so i love sharing those and letting the whole class in on your personal life so we can all support you and point and laugh at you and just it's so fun to spill the tea in that way and i like to do the superlatives segment where we give out um like the uh the best of at the end of the episode to the celebrities that we talked about like the most problematic or most likely to be next to be the next person to be canceled or America's least favorite celebrity, America's most favorite celebrity this week. I like doing a superlative. So at the beginning, I thought, let's do a fun segment at the beginning as well. So for Pop Culture University, we're going to do bell ringers at the beginning. Whenever I was thinking about my classes growing up, I was like, well, like, what do my teachers do to do something kind of like fun, fresh, and exciting in the beginning of class? And I was like, I feel like they would do bell ringers, which is basically just a short introduction to whatever we're going to talk about that day that is really fun and quick and just gets you in that mind of just thinking about the tea and it's like an appetizer for the main entree or the dish that we're about to serve so the bell ringer today something that we're really quickly going to skim through to really get you going and excite you think of it think of the bell ringer as like your pre-workout before your workout which is like 300 milligrams of caffeine to get you all buzzed up and tingly and feeling like you're gonna have an anxiety attack and die i love taking my pre-workout before my workout that's my favorite part of the day even though i my eyebrows do itch and i feel like there's bugs crawling all over my skin 
and now I'm addicted to caffeine. I love it. Speaking of a lot of milligrams of a drug, the bell ringer today is that cocaine was found in the White House today. Not on 4th of July. Not in one nation under God. Cocaine in this nation? The founding fathers would be so disappointed. George Washington would be jealous, to be honest. They did have a lot of white powder, the founding fathers, but only for their wigs. They didn't have white powder like cocaine. But cocaine was found in the White House today. And let's be honest, it's probably not for the first time. Do you think Monica and Bill were not doing cocaine? No, they were. And there's always been a little bit of white on Donald Trump's face to match his orange. But today, the Secret Service said it was investigating an unknown item found inside the White House complex on Sunday. So it was found two days ago, but they announced it today. And sources said that it was described in radio traffic as a cocaine-like substance. The quote says, On Sunday evening, the White House complex went into a precautionary closure as officers from the Secret Service Uniform Division investigated an unknown item found inside a work area. Later, it was tested and confirmed to be cocaine. So the gag is, is that this cocaine was found in the West Wing, where Joe Biden spends a lot of his time. (laughs) Maybe he doesn't look confused all the time or can barely finish in sentences, not because he's old, but because he just hit the slopes. I knew there was a basketball court in the White House, but I guess there's also a ski slope. Allegedly, apparently, evidently, Joe Biden was not at the White House on Sunday when this was found. Now, to me, that doesn't really exonerate him. Like, what if he just has little stashes everywhere in the house that he could pick up and just do a bump of whenever he feels like he needs it or is bored of talking about foreign affairs or falling asleep or something, or it's 5 p.m., which is way past his bedtime. Maybe he just wants a bump of cocaine at his convenience. Uh, But apparently he wasn't there. He was at Camp David at that time. I don't know what Camp David is. Maybe it's a conversion camp. I don't know what he was doing at Camp David. Kamala was there, though. Oh, and we know it might be hers. No one laughs at Venn diagrams that hard unless they're on something. The wheels on the bus. (laughs) The wheels on the bus. She is having a lot of fun. Let's just say that. She's an interesting lady, but we love them. But I'm sure it wasn't Kamala's. And we can't blame the cocaine bear because he got clean. Oh, no, I'm sorry. She got clean because she's a mother. She's a mother. But anyway, the West Wing is also where tours take place in the White House. So maybe someone just wanted to go in there and cause some drama. I'm sure there's cameras everywhere, though. And that'll be so hilarious when they find out who brought cocaine into the White House. I love that. I'm going to put cocaine in your way. I'ma put cocaine in your ass. I'ma put my dick in your ass. Put a molly in the ass. Put a molly in the ass. I just popped the molly. Now I'm trying to fuck Molly Cyrus. I just popped the molly. Now I'm trying to fuck Molly Cyrus. I'ma put cocaine in your ass. I'ma put my dick in your ass. I'ma put cocaine in your ass. So Megan Trainer had her second baby. She just announced today on July 1st. Uh, she gave birth to it. Wait, let me go on her Instagram. She wrote some dramatic Megan Trainer-esque caption. She said, on July 1st, our seventh anniversary, our first date, 
we welcomed Barry Bruce Trainer. Oh my God, wait, she named her kid Barry Bruce? That is a terrible name. Barry Bruce? Why does that sound like the name of the creepiest Teletubby or like Berenstein Bear? I'm picturing a weird cartoon character when I hear Barry Bruce. Oh, geez. I don't like that. And then I think of Bruce Jenner. Wow. Okay. So she said he was a big boy at eight pounds and seven ounces. That's not even that big. I was a 10 pound baby when I was born. Luckily, my mom had a C-section with me. So (laughs) nothing was ripped or broken, but that is nothing. That baby, that's lightweight. Try again. Twink. She said he was born, he was eight pounds, seven ounces and sideways transverse, but we had an amazing successful C-section and I finally got my skin to skin time. Thank you to all the incredible doctors and nurses who took such great care of us. Yeah, I feel like Megan Trainer is always having really traumatizing birthing experiences. Maybe this is her karma for making the song Mother. I am your mother. You listen to me. But anyway, now her and Daryl, who is the man who was in the sky, the Spy Kids movie when he was a kid, now they can finally have two two Spy Kids of their own. And Megan can dress as the giant thumb. <laughs> Someone else who's having a baby is Courtney Kardashian. She announced she's pregnant. I know this is a bit of old news now, but we didn't talk about it last episode. But Courtney Kardashian announced she's pregnant, which I am fucking gooped and gagged about. I never thought I'd see the day where she got pregnant again because she had Mason 13 years ago. Like that's that's a big gap. That like they're gonna be one of those siblings that really do not even grow up in the same house together because Mason will be 18 when that baby is five and will probably move out because, you know, he'll be a schmillionaire, gazillionaire and probably start some clothing line and be a self-made quote unquote millionaire or whatever. But so interesting that she's pregnant again. Good for them because they gave up on IVF and any artificial sciencey way of conceiving a child But Courtney did say her doctor told her she has better odds of naturally conceiving if she drinks Travis's cum four times a week. And that's real life. Like Courtney said, they're going to leave it up to God if they have a baby or not. They're just going to keep trying in the natural way. And I'm sure they do 17 times a day. And her doctor said drink Travis's cum four times a week. That is a lot. I mean, me and her have a similar diet. If she is doing that, but why do I feel like she wants to do it more than four times like a week? I feel like she's doing the gallon challenge every day because they're so obsessed with each other and so horny and physically touchy all day. But this baby is going to be made with the most pure love of any baby to ever exist because they're just so in love with each other. So I feel like that baby will be really blessed and amazing. What are they going to name the baby? probably something dramatic and about like being like, I feel like it's going to be very theatrical and intense and cinematic, like about true love or a soulmate or uh, like emotions. Like I feel like they're going to name it sword or heartbeat or eternal love, or maybe they'll name it something like matcha or little drummer boy. That'd be kind of cute. Little drummer boy. At that rate, he would have to play the drums. With Courtney, you never know because her first son is named Mason and that's so boring and p- 
pedestrian and civilian mortal. Like that's a name that we would have. And then she, her second son was named Rain. Like R-E-I-G-N. Like a king or something. I'd be pissed if I was Mason and I got that like Walmart version of a name. Well, he gets the Chanel version. Lame as hell. So I wonder what they're going to name it. It's going to be weird as fuck. Uh, Courtney announced she's pregnant at a Blink-182 concert by holding up a sign in the crowd that said, Travis, I'm pregnant, which is super cute. I think Courtney's such a fun wife for doing that surprise for him and announcing it to the world like that. And Courtney really is good at making fun content for the show because I'm sure they filmed it. And if you don't know why that's so cute, it's because in the music video for, I believe, All the Small Things, there's a woman in the crowd at a Blink-182 concert that holds up a sign that says, Travis, I'm pregnant. So it was like in, ho- in homage to Travis's career. So I think they're super, super cute. Speaking of the Kardashians being super good at being famous and making all these big publicized moments for us and being a PR machine and staying at the top of the fame games... Kris Jenner said she actually feels bad for helping make her family so famous. And, you know, I always wondered if they actually thought that or maybe they um, realized all the really bad parts of fame and maybe regretted it because they're beyond the point of no return at this point. They're so insanely famous that they will be insanely famous forever. They're never going to have a level of peace or normalcy ever again. They're almost seen as like representatives of our day and age and our time. Like they're going to be in the history books and looked back at as like the Marilyn Monroe's of our time. They're that famous. So that comes with a complete stripping of a normal life for them, their family, and they will be exploited forever. And even after they die, the Kardashians honestly should have a Mount Rushmore. (laughs) Wait, that'd be so fierce. Why haven't they done that yet? They need to do that in Hollywood. Wait, I'm going to pitch that to someone. Carve the Kardashians' faces into the mountain that the Hollywood sign is on. <gasps> Put him in the middle. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm actually about to go get a hammer and a, and, a, and a knife or however you do that and start to carve it myself. Anyway, Chris was talking about how she feels really bad because there's a lot of downsides to it. Like, you know, they can't go anywhere without being hounded. Uh, the bullying online is so bad that kids won't ever have a normal life. Whenever the kids go outside, they get hounded by the paparazzi and they don't really understand. North will sometimes <laughs> yell at the paparazzi that they're going to blind her. <laughs> and, you know, their lives will be hyper analyzed forever. And the hate gets really bad. There's a lot of negativity around them. They've been robbed. They've had their life threatened, held at gunpoint a lot of bad, but also a lot of good. Like they can cry inside their mansions wearing their Balenciaga. There's a lot. But Chris said, we built this amazing life for ourselves, but sometimes I feel like it's a curse. I helped build something that can be a burden. I feel bad that I brought this element to our lives. It's hard. It's a struggle. We've built this amazing life for ourselves. And sometimes I feel like it can be a curse. I've helped build something that can also be a burden. The haters. Yeah. They're so brutal sometimes. And I feel like, I feel bad that I've brought this element, you know, to our lives. And it's hard. It's a struggle. When my kids are in pain, I'm in pain. When my kids hurt, I hurt. And I never know what I'm going to wake up to. It could be the greatest day in the world and just 
feeling so blessed to be alive, or it could be a little dark and there could be things going on that we can't control. I think what maybe caused Chris to say this is how hard Chloe's life has been recently. Uh, Chloe has definitely had the hardest life in the public eye. Some would say she brought it upon herself by being stupid, but the level of fame that she has has equaled so much hate for her that I feel like the cancer she just had on her face could have been caused by stress. She recently did an interview, or no, no, no. She recently made a statement on her Instagram where she was talking about how being in her 30s was the worst decade of her life, and she's really looking forward to being 40 on her next birthday. She said, quote, it was the worst decade ever. I hate being in my 30s. I think it's the worst decade ever. And what happened to her this decade? Uh, Oh, you know, she just got cheated on like 17 times. She divorced her husband after finding him in a brothel with a bunch of prostitutes. Uh, She was watching him die from a drug overdose and then was told he died and then was resuscitated and then had to finalize their divorce. She had a falling out with her stepdad who then became a woman and trashed their whole family in a book. Now they don't talk anymore. She was having a baby with a man who then cheated on her while she was in labor and then got cheated on him five more times. And then the whole internet called her the dumbest woman alive. And then she found out her Man was having a baby with someone else right after she impregnated her surrogate with their seed. She gets body shamed every day, plastic surgery shamed, got brain scans that showed she has STD, and now she had cancer on her face that she got removed. So I could see why Chris would potentially feel bad for bringing this all upon Chloe. And this is definitely a be careful what you wish for moment because you just might get it. Because the Kardashians were so shamelessly fame hungry in the beginning of their career and they all wanted it so bad chris was definitely the leader of a lot of it and the brains behind it that really elevated them into this massive global proportion that made them the kardashians not just like the kardashians on the E network she made them the kardashians and you know what everyone says the devil works hard but chris jenner works harder so i think she does carry the burden a lot but kim in this episode wanted to remind her that All of her and her sisters really wanted this too. This was their dream too. And Chris was only working so hard and pushing so hard because she knew it would make her daughters happy and was helping them take steps towards fulfilling their dream and what mother wouldn't want that. So I definitely understand why Chris would think maybe being famous is a really bad thing. But I also think you should never regret something because at one point it's exactly what you wanted and their life is really iconic and they have achieved a lot of greatness and they've given us so much. We love them so much plus tons of upsides, you know, like a percentage of them are now billionaires and they can fly around the world and put all the greenhouse gases in the air for us civilians to deal with and cough and die while they're in their hills in Hollywood and they won't have to deal with the consequences. So they have a lot of bad things, but there's also a lot of good things. So what can we learn from Chris regretting being so famous? I think we can learn to be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. And I know that sounds like a cheesy quote, but it's true. Before you really pursue something or decide that's what you really want in life, you should look at every aspect of it. You should... You should not leave any stone unturned to see 
if down the line this is what you want? Like, is this just what you want right now? Or is this something you're going to want to deal with for the rest of your life? The good and the bads. What are the negatives that can come from this? What are the goods? Do I only want some of the aspects of it, but not the others? Should I adjust my dream a bit? Should I go down this route, not that route? Because that route is more treacherous. And maybe I don't want the full scope of things. I just want this part. Really just be careful what you wish for and pursue. I'm kind of experiencing that a bit right now, doing the whole social media thing and moving to LA because there were, along this like two-year journey I've been on, growing my platform, a lot of downsides. I do get bullied quite often on the internet, a lot of homophobes. I've had to like move away from my family. Well, I didn't have to, but to pursue the career. And that's been super hard. Um, going on like dating apps. A lot of people know me and it feels weird. I feel like I can't really like talk to a lot of people. I can tell some people just talk to me because of something they want from me or they just think it's cool that someone who is adored likes them and talks to them back. Like there's just a lot of fakeness and bad parts to it as well. So I would just encourage you before you pursue anything, including social media or being famous to really think about it all. I just had to go change my wash in between those segments because the people in this building do not play around when it's time for you to change your wash. So I live in an apartment complex now and there's only one washer and dryer on each floor, which I don't think is sufficient because there's like 10 rooms and I'm sure there's multiple people living in each room because they're like one bedrooms as well. And it's like, do the fucking math. But the other day I was at the washer and someone else was there like about to do their load and they added me to the group chat in this building. And within like minutes of being in this group chat, there was fighting going on between the patrons in the building. And they, someone said in this group chat, apologies to whoever couldn't wait four minutes on the first floor for me to take my own belongings out of the dryer. <gasps> oh my God. The way I'm not starting drama with people I live in the same building as, I don't need that. I don't need someone breaking into my house, farting on my face in my sleep, giving me pink eye. I don't know what these people are capable of. I don't need the drama. So I ran to the wash when it was time for me to change mine. I don't want the smoke. Also, while I was at the washer... The guy was telling me that the girl who used to live in my unit wanted to move out because homeless people used to break into the building and that would worry her. And I was like, homeless people, what would they do? He'd be like, oh, they just would come in and charge their phones. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, okay. If a homeless guy broke into my unit, I would just buy them like a portable charger for him to go charge it outside. Or go find a plug outside. I'm sure there are some. Ugh. All the reviews on the apartments I was looking for were like, yeah, homeless people will break into the stairwells here and the laundry rooms here. So I don't know. Kind of found it inescapable. I'm wearing my cocaine bear shirt right now because I'm doing laundry. This is like my laundry shirt. I got a PR package from cocaine bear and <laughs> there was a lovely shirt in it that just has the like a big ass photo of the cocaine bear with a bunch of white flakes around it. It's wonderful. And uh, it's actually my favorite shirt. I'm going to wear it to the Met Gala. But let's move on. So the next thing I want to talk about is that Ice Spice, the biggest rap star in the world, besides Nicki Minaj, of course, no one will ever 
come close to Nicki Minaj. But Ice Spice, who Nicki Minaj has actually co-signed, Nicki called her the princess of rap in one of their songs. So that's a big deal. Nicki Minaj said, she the princess, so fuck who you lames is, in Princess Diana. And I was like, oh, okay. Is Nicki like passing the torch to Ice Spice? She is a bad bitch. And Ice Spice just has the coolest brand and coolest look. Her Ronald McDonald fro, her Spongebob-like personality, and the Spongebob-coded uh, music that she has is so iconic. Her Coke bottle-shaped body. Honestly, she her body looks like it would be as soft as a squish mellow. Like, her body's just stupid. But people say she looks so stupid, she looks like she has Down syndrome. Yeah. Was that a good transition? <laughs> I was like, how do, how do I transition to this topic of people saying she looks like she has Down syndrome? So if you don't know, people say Ice Spice looks like she has Down syndrome. Ever since her career started, really, they look at her face and it just reminds them of a girl who would have Down syndrome, which I know people are who are saying this are trying to be insulting, which I think is very fucked up because, yes, I guess that would be considered a mental handicap. Oh my God, that motorcycle in the background is so fucking disrespectful. I live right behind a club. So, oh my God, at like 3 a.m., I'll hear like, yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy. I'm sure I'll hear that tonight because it's 4th of July. On most nights, it's fine and I can like close my windows. But some nights, these people are really turning the fuck up. These twinks, this twink infested town. Anyway, so yes, I'm sure people were trying to bully Ice Spice by saying that. But I have immense respect for anyone with Down syndrome. I know multiple extended family members and friends who um, have various uh, mental handicaps. Nothing but respect. But if you don't know what Down syndrome is, it's a genetic chromosome disorder on chromosome 21 causing developmental and intellectual delays. Down syndrome is a genetic disorder caused when abnormal cell division results in extra genetic material from chromosome 21. So some of those physical characteristics of someone who has extra genetic material on the 21st chromosome could be wider eyes, a slanted mouth, smaller ears, shorter neck, a flat nose bridge, which I mean, they can still look fierce and like queens. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean ugly. That doesn't mean bad. It's just specific physical characteristics that someone with Down syndrome would have. But people have been trolling Ice Spice since day one, since Munch came out, leaving comments under her post that say things like, ooh, that extra chromosome went to all the right places. Or if she's down, then I'm down. You got an extra chromosome? Well, I got an extra spot for you in my bed. Things like that. Very fucked up, but very cruel. Slightly funny but i do not laugh Mm -mm. but i spice finally responded to this today on her twitter someone some freak who had way too much time on their hands decided to make a like side-by-side collage of ice spice's face with a girl who has down syndrome and it's like who is spending their time doing that in the first place you're weird and hateful and gross but i spice responded in the best way she did a quote retweet to it and she said you thought you ate but my sis is cute as fuck and i love that hell yes ice spice and obviously she's not a representation for people who have down syndrome but i love that if people are going to call her that she's only going to take it in stride and not feel insulted because i don't think that's an insult she's just 
going to say, yeah, she looks great. And what about it? And what about it? And I love that. Like, who cares? Who, who gives a fuck if people say that that's what she looks like? And I love that she doesn't let it get to her. She doesn't bring anyone else down. She's not trying to prove anyone wrong. She just says, and what about it? I look good. And so does she. It reminds me of the time that everyone thought Lady Gaga was intersex or a hermaphrodite or something. And they thought she had a penis and she never said that she does not have a penis. She would only respond to people in interviews who would ask her. Cause people, I mean, the pop culture space used to be very toxic when she was starting out in like 2009. But when people would ask her, even Anderson Cooper, she would say, and so what if I do? <laughs> He'd be like, do you have a penis? And she just gave the best, the best response. And so what if I did? My fans don't care and neither do I. Exactly. Like there's no need to prove them wrong. There's no need to fight anyone back or insult the group of people they're trying to compare you to. You're not letting the haters win and you're not letting them know that they bother you. So what can we learn from this? I think we can learn from these examples that it's not about not letting the haters bother you. It's just specifically about not letting them know that they bothered you don't let them see you sweat don't disprove what they say about you don't clap back to prove them wrong let them say whatever they want and let them know you won't care no matter what respond to them with positivity happiness and complete indifference uplift other people who they're also trying to bring down uplift yourself and that will put down the haters themselves when anyone tries to insult me or come for me for like having a big head or being ugly or something i'm just like thank you. I like, I don't respond in a negative way. I don't call them ugly or whatever. I just say, thank you. And they'll laugh and be so confused. I'll just be like, exactly. I don't give a fuck what you say. And I'm just going to respond to you with confusing positivity. The girls are fighting. The girls are fighting. You guys, the girls are really fighting. Two of the biggest girls in music, Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift, are fighting. And there's actually a lot of tea going on because Olivia has the number one song right now with Vampire. And Taylor has the number two song right now with Cruel Summer. So, ooh, Olivia is the lightweight skinny queen champion. And Taylor wants her spot. But the gag is, like, this is just extra tea because Olivia and Taylor's whole feud started because... Taylor demanded Olivia gives her song writing credits on Deja Vu because she kind of sampled Cruel Summer. Even though a lot of people don't think Cruel Summer and Deja Vu sound alike at all, Taylor Swift went out of her way to get song writing credits on Olivia's song when she was blowing up and um, taking over the world, being the new it girl. And Taylor has factually made hundreds of thousands of dollars from that. The last time I checked, it was confirmed that she made over $500,000 from getting songwriting credits on that song. So I just think it's so weird that Cruel Summer was made, a, was made a single right around this time that Vampire was released. And it's like, oh shit, was it Taylor coming for Olivia, trying to stop her bag now that Cruel Summer was released to radio? And remember when Taylor released all her songs on Spotify the week Katy Perry released Witness? 
her new album back in the day. People are like, damn, it's another one of those moments. Is Taylor being shady? We don't know. However, the major tea is that everyone wants to know if Olivia's new song, Vampire, is about Taylor Swift. So a lot of you say, Patty, you may be reaching. This is so crazy. Olivia isn't going to write a song about Taylor Swift. But just for the sake of working through it, like we're in a therapy class and really investigating and talking through it all just to disprove it or get it off of our chest, we're going to investigate students, okay? So if you don't know, they have major beef um, and any blind item or source close to them have all said they're not like sworn enemies, but there is tension and they don't really talk anymore. And I believe that. I, I don't think it would get so ugly that they hate each other or it's something nasty. But how are you going to go out to lunch with a woman who demanded you give her songwriting credits on two of your songs on your debut album and made you look really bad in the press? Olivia even called her friendship with Taylor in the end, quote, a lesson in business. So there's tea. There's fucking tea. And now that they're both on the scene releasing new music, I just think there is a possibility Vampire may be about Taylor. And just the whole concept of it being about like blood sucking and maybe sucking the life out of her. I think some would argue that Taylor definitely sucked her dry for something. That sounds weird. Not in a sexual way. Taylor didn't suck her dry, but um, I mean, t Taylor is gayler and I do believe in the Taylor Swift being bisexual theory. However, let's just start to go through this. So in a press release for her new song, Vampire, Olivia Rodrigo said that the song is about a certain situation that left her super upset. It's a song about feeling confused and hurt after an experience she had with someone. And she said the song was very cathartic to make and writing it helped me sort through lots of feelings of regret, anger, and heartache. She told her fans that, I hope it helps you deal with any bloodsuckers in your life. And this could completely be about Taylor because not every love song has to be about loving a romantic relationship. Olivia loved Taylor like was the biggest Swifty in the whole world on multiple occasions said that she was the biggest Swifty of life and Taylor Swift was her mom. And she's the only reason she writes music, which was very evident because she was obviously very inspired by her songs. If she has to give Taylor credit on two tracks on her album, but she had such a deep love for Taylor. I could see her being heartbroken over this situation for sure. And I've definitely been heartbroken over friends or people who I didn't talk to in a romantic way. So I could see this being about a platonic love. Now let's go through the lyrics. So I think these lyrics are really smartly crafted to leave people confused a bit and be a little bit ominous, but I do think they could be about Taylor. I know I sound crazy. Just bear with me. <laughs> I'm not trying to stir the pot. I think I'm just giving the people what they want. But Olivia says, I hate to give you the satisfaction of asking how you're doing now. That's the opening line. And obviously they haven't talked in probably like a year and a half at this point. They were even at the 2023 Grammys together, sitting very, very close. And they did not speak at all. And you know, eagle-eyed fans were staring at them. Taylor even went over to talk to her ex-boyfriend, Harry Styles. She touched him on the shoulder. Maybe touched his little tush too. Who knows? But she did write style about him. So they never go out of style. And Harry Styles is daddy. He has big pecs. Have you ever seen them? They're big. I want to motorboat him. 
Anyway, the next line is, how's the castle you built off people you pretend to care about? <gasps> oh, she says, how's your castle built off people you pretend to care about? Oh, my God. That makes me think it might be about Taylor because Taylor often refers to her career as a castle. In her song, um, Call It What You Want, she says, my castle crumbled overnight. I brought a knife to a gunfight. They took the crown, but it's all right. And that's about her, a lot of her fans leaving her and her reputation being ruined and her career being ruined and her castle crumbled. So referring to her career as a castle she built off people she pretends to care about could totally be about Taylor. And it's interesting that Speak Now is being released right now because isn't there a song, Long Live, or references to a, a castle in Speak Now? And she was just standing in a castle in her Bejeweled music video. So I feel like there's lots of castle, castle, castle. How's your castle you built off people you pretend to care about? And Olivia being one of her fans and kind of taken under Taylor Swift's wing in 2021, Olivia could be left feeling like she was just pretended to be cared about. Ooh, damn. I'm, I'm convincing myself here. I'm like, damn, Patty, you're good. Again, maybe I'm stretching so much. This is a yoga class, but we're just going to continue. The next line says, I used to think I was smart, but you made me look so naive. The way you sold me for parts as you sunk your teeth into me. Blood sucker, fame fucker, bleeding me dry like a goddamn vampire. I think this could absolutely be about Taylor. I used to think I was smart, but you made me look so naive. I mean, Taylor did make Olivia look a certain way in front of the public. She made her look like she needed to learn a lesson in business, like she said. She looked like she owed Taylor something, like she wasn't creative or didn't know how the music industry worked, and that could make her look very naive, considering that was her debut album. I love the line, the way you sold me for parts as you sunk your teeth into me. Because Taylor literally kind of like sold out their friendships, sold out their friendship and made it awkward and risked ruining it in a way just to get writing credit on part like on parts of her song just on parts because she only said olivia sampled the bridge of cruel summer so she got that part of the song do you know what i'm saying here the way you sold me for parts as you sunk your teeth in me and she made money there was a profit so kind of sold her in that way and i think the lines as you sunk your teeth into me you bloodsucker fame fucker Taylor Swift, as we know, is one of the most famous women in the world, has a lot of very famous enemies, and Taylor makes it known she loves being famous. I would consider her a fame fucker for sure. I love that word, fame fucker. I want Olivia to sell merch that says fame fucker. She invented that word. She needs to trade market. But I like it because there are people who really like being famous, and they would, they would fuck fame if they could. And Taylor's definitely one of those people i'm not saying that makes her a bad person there's nothing i don't i think fundamentally wrong with liking fame we all like attention and blah 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 and it helps her career so i don't think she's a bad person but i do think she's a fame fucker for sure and taylor maybe could sink her teeth into a lot of people who have clout at the moment maybe i spice because she just did a feature with her maybe all of her enemies that she talked about on her albums that are very famous you can consider her sinking her teeth into them for cloud and i'm sure obviously taylor has been the person getting bit by a bloodsucker kind of reflected of her song the archer where she says i've been the archer i've been the prey i'm going way too deep right now but taylor knows 
she could be a fame fucker and a blood sucker. Now, I think what Olivia means by you you bled me dry is that Taylor started to be friends with Olivia when she was at the peak of her sour fame. And that was like monstrous fame. She was more famous than Grimace from McDonald's is right now. Everyone knows her. Everyone was talking about her. Her album just surpassed Billie Eilish's for the most streams in the world or for a female album, which is fucking absurd. She was that famous at that time. And she knows how much Olivia liked her. So Taylor would conveniently post a lot with Olivia, go out with Olivia. Anything Olivia would post about liking Taylor's music or folklore or Fearless Taylor's version or Evermore or anything she was releasing at that time, she would repost Olivia posting about it. And I'm sure she would do that because she knew Olivia just wanted the interaction. And you know, she could get clout from Olivia posting because all eyes were on Olivia. She even had Olivia Rodrigo and Conan Gray do the announcement for Fearless, for Fearless Taylor's version for Love Story and had them, like, sing into a hairbrush on their bed uh, in a video to post on TikTok and Twitter. So she definitely bled her dry during the peak of her fame to get some attention and help her songs. And again, I don't think that makes her a bad person. I think clout is a very valuable form of currency there's ways to get it in a fair way and i don't think olivia well i I don't think taylor was doing anything too shady but yeah i guess you can consider that bleeding someone dry um the next line says every girl i talked to told me you were bad bad news as i've said taylor has a lot of famous enemies i'm sure people in the industry maybe warned her about taylor the next line says oh what a mesmerizing paralyzing fucked up little thrill can't figure out just how you do it and god knows i never will went for me and not her because girls your age know better so clearly the line girls your age know better taylor's much older she's a veteran in the industry she knows all the ins and outs when this was going down taylor was 30 olivia was 18 and i think the line what a mesmerizing paralyzing fucked up little thrill like she was so exciting and it was the highlight of her life getting to be friends with Taylor Swift, but after it ended so badly, it was like paralyzing and a fucked up thrill that she went through with her. So who knows? I hope I'm actually convincing you students. I'm not sure if I actually am, but I'm a bit convinced. Uh, and I, I, and about the whole age thing, I feel like Taylor almost foreshadowed how she would treat an ingenue in her song, Nothing New. Her song, Nothing New, is about how she'll feel towards the young, new it girl when she's a bit older. And she wrote it in 2012 when she was still very young, but she released it when she was 30. And the lyrics go, I know someday I'm going to meet her. It's a fever dream, the kind of radiance you only have at 17. And Olivia would like just became 18, so she was kind of like 17 at the moment. She'll know the way, and then she'll say she got the map from me. I'll say I'm happy for her, and then I'll cry myself to sleep. So Olivia definitely said she got the roadmap from Taylor. She said she learned how to write songs because of her and took a lot of notes from her in her career. So that nothing new song and the fact that Taylor said she would be happy for her to her face and then go cry herself to sleep makes me think like maybe Taylor let her human feelings and emotions make her maybe come for Olivia a bit or be jealous or sabotage. I don't know. But she definitely came for Olivia in asking for those songs credits well and i do think she deserved those song credits i wish it was just like done under the table and not a big deal but it it was made a public thing 
and they weren't friends after it. So I feel like she came for her a bit in a way. But yeah. And I just think it's really fucked up that those, those songwriting credits kind of ended their, their friendship. So I could definitely see Olivia writing this song about someone who she used to love and look up to that used her, sucked her dry like a goddamn vampire, especially the line fame fucker. Because Taylor always gets a lot of hate for being calculated and a pathological people pleaser. Mm. So we'll see. There's obviously other options of what it could be about, including two men that she dated. And she actually does have a line where she will reference like a guy um, and make it seem like it was about a romantic relationship. But I know a lot of stars will make a song sound like it's about a romantic relationship when it's actually not just to mask what they're really talking about because they don't want, you know, they don't want the smoke and they don't want any bad PR, but they still wrote the song based on how they feel. So I think it could still be about Taylor, but it could be about two other guys. In the song, she sings, you traded six months uh, for some forbidden paradise. So maybe she dated someone for six months. And she did date Adam Fozzie and Zach Bia, both for six months in the last two years. Isn't that interesting? Both for six months. So we have two potential suspects here. Um, Adam Fozzie is a producer. Zach Bia is a DJ. She was 18 when she dated Zach, but she was 19 mostly when she dated... No, I'm sorry. She was 18 when she dated Adam, and she was 19 mostly when she dated Zach. And there's a lot of Easter eggs about this being written when she was 19, in the music video, there's a banner and it says the 19th annual awards, like the 19th year of her life. And in a note about what the song or what the album is about, she said, I wrote the majority of this album when I was 19. Um, the song is also about someone clearly wanting fame from her. And I think Adam as a producer would less likely want fame from her than Zach Bia, the DJ. And I think DJs are worse than the Instagram models. And if you know me, I think the Instagram models are very dangerous and just want your clout. So in, DJs can only be worse. Someone needs to warn her about all the DJs in Hollywood. And I bet you Madison Beer did. Because Madison Beer used to date Zach Bia and it got really ugly between them. There's a video of them fighting or screaming at each other. I think at Saddle Ranch or something. And I was just there last week. But like, there's a video of Madison Beer crying her eyes out and like, screaming at him uh, at Saddle Ranch. I, it was like years ago. But he's not seen as a good guy. So if girls were going to warn someone about, um, like if people were going to warn her about someone and someone wanted fame from her and she was 19, most of the signs point to Zach Bia. So that's what I would guess. And he's really not cute enough to be using her for fame like that. So, but yeah. Oh, also in a People quote, uh, I think People Magazine is quite reputable, especially with their sources. So while this isn't 100% confirmed, a people source said that in relation to Vampire, a source close to Olivia bluntly told people the song is not about Adam Fozzie or FaZe or whatever the fuck. So I think it's most likely about Zach Bia, but I'd be so interested if it's really about Taylor Swift. That would be fucking tea. And it is a stretch, but I don't think it's the farthest stretch. It's like touching your toes kind of stretch not a back bend kind of stretch oh, 
different scenarios. Beyonce on my stereo, or salmon on repeat. I'ma make a bowl of cereal with a teaspoon of bleach. Serve it to you like here you go, nigga. Bon appetit. Look, do you give it to a raw? You love her or not? You risk your home for a hoe from the bar? You really want them hoes? You can have them bitches. You don't even cheat with no bad bitches. This shit is eating me. You sleeping peacefully, getting more mad at you, thinking about stabbing you. Don't even know that you. Happy Fourth of July, everyone. If I did not already say that, uh, make sure you salute to Nicki Minaj today. Remember when Ariana Grande said, "I hate Americans. I hate America," and then licked that donut. She was on to something. She really was, especially with what the Supreme Court just did. She was on to something, but I guess we can still be a little bit patriotic. Oh my God. Also, please rate this podcast on Spotify. We're brand new here. If you listen to this episode, please give it a five star. You're already here. You may as well do so. It helped me out so much. I want to really boost the rating so it gets boosted on the algorithm and it's sent out to people and people can see it and Spotify will take me more seriously. So please write it super quick. I would love that on Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, I love when people type their reviews and say how they feel about it. Also, I said there's going to be more interaction. There's polls you can do. I'll, I'll make a poll for this podcast. Uh, you can vote in it. You can give responses. And yeah, so there's that like physical interaction part. But do all of that. It would help Professor Petty out so much and I'd appreciate it. The next thing I want to talk about is the black version of Barack and Michelle Obama, which is Offset and Cardi B. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you know how people call Carisha from The City Girls the Black Oprah? I just think that's so hilarious. But anyway, Offset and Cardi B, they're like our favorite couple in America, but they're also very tumultuous right now because, again, they are publicly accusing each other of cheating. In the past, it's only been Cardi B accusing Offset of cheating. Like, right after, they, right after they got engaged in 2018, there was a video of Offset in bed with two other girls. And then right after Cardi B released WAP in 2020, <laughs> she filed for divorce from him <laughs> because... He was caught cheating again, and she said that there's irreconcilable differences between them. And that's what I would do. If someone cheats on me once, bitch, that is an irreconcilable difference. We are never, ever, ever getting back together, like ever. That is the most disrespectful shit. Like, you made a promise, a pact to me, and you are not single. And you are going to go act like you're single? Like, you don't appreciate me. You want to experience something else. And you want to lie to me. Like, we're just done forever if that happens i think that's so messed up but you know i think it's different when people have families and they do have two kids now i believe culture and waveset are their names very cute names uh they have genuinely like a great family life and they seem to be very good co-parents together so i get why they would get back together but now oh girl this is reaching new heights already because this time the tables have turned like adele said turning tables Offset hit the Uno reverse on Cardi B. And he publicly accused her of cheating on him on Instagram. Because when you're famous, you have to make a a spectacle out of it. And Instagram stories are exactly the place where you handle your family drama. The next time someone steals my phone charger when I'm at home, I'm posting their ass on my Instagram story and exposing them. That's what I can learn from this. But Offset said, my wife fucked a guy on me gang y'all men know how i come so he didn't say guy and men he said the n-word but he's very mad he's very pissed off 
and he's telling all his friends and the whole world that Cardi B fucked another guy on him behind his back. How dare she? And then the whole Twitterverse and all the barbs were so excited by this news. Like, this was great news for the barbs. Anything that can bring down Cardi B in even the slightest note, they are going to pounce on, spread around like wildfire. Uh, so everyone was like, damn, Cardi B has become the cheater herself. Maybe she deserved all those times that Offset was cheating on her. Um, you know, if she's just going to do it herself. But then Cardi B was like, no, you're not going to slander my name like that. And she also took to social media. She went to Twitter. And thank God I didn't use my 600 tweets in a day yet that Elon Musk is putting restrictions on. Because I got to see her video where she explains that, no, she did not cheat on him. And he should stop accusing her of things that he's done himself to try to make himself look better. So she said, first of all, let me say, you can't accuse me of all the things that you know you're guilty of. Sing it with me, y'all. And I see that it is easy for you to blame everything on me. Yeah, honey. Listen, don't pay attention to that country man. That motherfucker spiraling and thinking shit. She's like, let me just collect my husband <laughs> really quick. Don't mind him. She, she came to get her mans, really. She continued and said, come on, y'all. I'm fucking Cardi B. I think sometimes motherfuckers forget I'm Cardi B. If I was giving this pussy to anybody, it would be out there. I'm not just anybody. Please, boy, stop acting stupid. Stop acting stupid. Going crazy over a fucking space. Don't play with me. What the fuck? Stop playing. That's all I'm going to motherfucking say. Yeah, in her song, Be Careful, she said, Be careful with me. It's not a threat. It's a warning. My heart is like a package with a fragile label on it. Be careful of me. Don't pay attention to that country, man, y'all. I'm Cardi B. If I was giving this to anybody, it would be out. I'm not just anybody. Can't me no regular, regular schmegler because they're going to tell the world. And I can't nobody in the industry because they're going to tell too. So please, boy, stop acting stupid. You can't accuse me of all the things you know that you are guilty of. Like, get the out of here. Like, you you can't be serious. Got me so hot on my mama, bitch. Would have broke a bottle in his head for even playing with me if he was next to me. I love when Cardi B tries to sing. It's really endearing. It's like when your child sings for you and you're like, oh, yeah, that's good. It's really good. I love it. But yeah, she went on to say all of this on Twitter spaces. Thankfully, they seem to have made up. Maybe they were just off the Hennessy, as everyone seems to be all the time in rap songs, and were just fighting that night. But now they're in, uh, they're at Fashion Week together, I think somewhere in Europe, Paris, both looking very expensive and dapper, and they seem to be having their shit together again. So I guess they're going to last another day. I wonder why Offset really thought Cardi B was cheating on him, though. Like, who lied to him? Maybe some barb faked a tweet or faked some receipts ai is getting very convincing maybe there maybe a bar made an ai video of cardi p hooking up with someone sometimes i think cardi b is a lesbian maybe she was tossing a salad licking a pink taco who knows some other crazy tea about cheating that came out this week that we must talk about i feel like we're really just spilling all the tea today like guys like we're saying every celebrity's name we're getting into it like y'all are going to be overflowing with tea 
your cup is overflowing. Like you need to drink all this tea very fast or slurp it up from the table or something. Because Jennifer Lawrence also had some tea to spill about accusations that she was a cheater. All these women getting accused of being a cheater. So as we all know, Miley Cyrus made it a little bit obvious that she feels like she was cheated on by Liam Hemsworth when she was releasing this whole last album cycle that she was on and she ruined his birthday by making it seem like he cheated on her in her music video for Flowers. Uh, There was rumors that she filmed it in the house in LA that he would go to cheat on her at with 14 different men. That was the specific number, like 14 men. And then in her music video for, for River, at the end, she was dancing with 14 men. It's an aspirational level of petty and i really admire miley cyrus for that if it is true and liam like he is just bad news he seems like the worst of the hemsworths my daddy chris would never cheat on someone like that um unless i seduced him to cheat on his wife like that's the only time it would be okay for him to cheat if it's with me i'm his hall pass i'm the only exception besides that i can see liam hemsworth definitely cheating and being the worst um hemsworth but there's a long-standing rumor that Around the time Jennifer was filming The Hunger Games in 2012, she was one of the women that Liam cheated on Miley with. And people think that because the whole breakup with Liam triggered Miley Cyrus's glorious bangers era where she was maybe going off the rails, maybe doing a few drugs, maybe picking up a few unhealthy coping mechanisms, culturally appropriating a lot, but also serving cunt. Like, some would say she was spiraling, and maybe that spiral was caused by Liam Hemsworth cheating on her in 2012, breaking up with her. That's when they broke up, and then later they got back together in, like, 2016-ish, and, you know, it was fine for a few years, and their house burned down, and her relationship ended. But in 2012, that's when the cheating rumors were first stemmed from. And a lot of people were saying, along with all these Easter eggs, Miley Cyrus wore a gold dress in the video for Flowers that looks exactly like a gold dress that Jennifer Lawrence wore for The Hunger Games premiere so maybe since the timeline adds up and the dress was another easter egg laid on top of everything that jennifer was the one who helped liam cheat and jennifer just wanted to make it known that that is not the case at all she said but she did spill some tea because if one thing jennifer lawrence that reality tv show lover she likes to give us the drama the gossip she wants to entertain us whenever she's in interviews and that's why i've missed her so much in her interview at um watch what happens live she said that no she did not cheat with liam but her and liam did kiss once when he was single but that is it it is just one day it never went any further and she knew that him and miley were already done at that point when miley cyrus's song flowers debuted um, there was a lot of talk that the music oh. video, I know the audience is already responding. They're like, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, there was already a lot of talk that the music video was referencing a secret fling that you had with Liam Hemsworth while he was with Miley Cyrus. Can you not true. please respond to this? I would love to. Not true. Total rumor. So I absolutely love that. I love that she gave the tea. She cleared her name. It was all wonderful and beautiful after that. Um, her new movie, No Hard Feelings, incredible. So hilarious. This is the first comedy she's ever done. And I don't get why she has not been doing comedy her whole life because she's, in my opinion, like the perfect comedic actress. She just has everything that a comedic actress needs. Um, and almost like she's such a talented actress that like I've always heard doing comedy is the hardest genre to act in because you have to like like manufacture like a funny scenario and have the perfect timing. 
And sometimes it's hard to act in a comedic way. Like that's what a lot of actors and actresses say. Comedy is a lot harder than you would think. And she's just such a great actress and just naturally so funny that she just really tackles a comedic role so well. But you guys, it was so funny. If you don't know, it's about parents that hire an older woman to get their son out of his shell and date him, be his first short-term girlfriend and have sex with him for the first time. And when she's trying to seduce this man in the movie, I was crying laughing through like for an hour of the film. I was laughing so hard. I've never seen a movie where the whole theater was like unanimously erupting with laughter. Cause sometimes like a lot of people's sense of humor is different. Some people say, Oh, I didn't find that movie funny. Oh, I did. I loved it. This was like unanimous. Everyone was fucking laughing so hard. And I cried laughing twice because it's just my type of humor just vulgar raunchy so fucked up so terrible um just all of the above and sexual overtly uh nasty but also just such good comedic timing it was amazing and i think this movie could single-handedly bring back comedies because if you didn't notice comedies in hollywood are taking a back seat right now they're not making as many of them there was one guy in the theater. Oh my God. He was definitely on something. I feel like people in Hollywood like to go to movies uh, high on something because he was scream laughing. Like he was being a nuisance. And he was a weird m- middle-aged man, but he was like that socially inept kid in your middle school class who does not know how, like, know how to act or contain himself. And I was just looking at him the whole time. Jennifer Lawrence would like wink and he would scream laughing. He would like slap his knee, hold his his belly, and he just needed everyone to know how funny he thought the whole place was. But honestly, I was just waiting for him to just start laughing so hard and then just pull out a gun and shoot us all because he was acting that crazy. But yeah, he was laughing. The movie was what, two hours? He was laughing one hour and 59 minutes. He was like a part of the film. It was scary. But go check it out if you haven't. But I think what we can learn from this whole segment about cheaters is that if someone cheats on you they do not love you or they may love you but they don't respect you uh like whatever that means they might still have love for you they might think you're a great person or whatever but they do not respect you and their actions can say one thing they can manipulate you try to get back into your life try to uh gaslight you into thinking that it's not their fault or they didn't mean it or they were drunk no the bottom line is they did that action action speak louder than words and they just do not respect you in like enough. And I know a lot of people who have been cheated on and then get back together with them and then it happens again. So I would also say a lesson here is once a cheater, always a cheater. If they have that capability to be that evil and cheat on someone, I just see that as such a huge betrayal. They will do it again. Uh, So unfortunately for Cardi B, I think that means Offset may cheat on her again. Um, Unless he really, really, really tries to change but it seems like he is projecting right now. So he's probably up to no good and good news for Jennifer Lawrence. That means she's not a cheater and probably will not take that hobby up ever.
So the time has finally come when the Jonas Brothers have dropped their proverbial seventh album. Can you believe it? This is like a time capsule from our childhood that we've been waiting for. We thought we were going to have to wait till the year 3000, but let's be honest, we're all like the human race will be dead by then. Whether it's nuclear war or the greenhouse gases trapping us and suffocating us before then, we're going to die before then. So they had to drop their seventh album right now. And for anyone who doesn't think this is their seventh album, they literally said this is our seventh album. Um, There was a bit of confusion because they have a live album that was released for free. So some people didn't really consider that a drop, but it was. The Jonas Brothers said, this is our seventh album. And I say all this because of the line in their song, Year 3000, where they said, I took a trip to the year 3000. Everyone bought our seventh album. It outsold Kelly Clarkson. And we've all been chanting those lyrics ever since they released that song, what feels like 20 years ago. Like ever since I was out the womb, I knew that song was the thing. And I was just waiting for their seventh album to drop to see if they were really going to outsell the, the Kelly Clarkson. And yeah, she was more famous back then. Like she was at the beginning peak of her career, but she's still a bad bitch icon legend and she's underrated. I know she's rated very highly, but she should be rated higher because she's that much of a fucking star. And the gag is, is that Kelly Clarkson also just released an album. Ooh, T. So yeah, there's clearly a competition here and some statistics that we can look at to see if the prophecy was fulfilled. Did they outsell Kelly Clarkson with their seventh album like they predicted? You know, were these bold teenage boys correct with their distant prediction that they would outsell Kelly Clarkson? Drumroll, please. The answer is no. They didn't outsell Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) They didn't. Oh my God. That's the fucking gag of it all. Kelly Clarkson still outsold them. They're three sexy men. Um you know, doing very well in their career right now. People have loved their comeback. They're at the peak of their game. And Kelly Clarkson and her wide mouth and amazing belts still outsold them. Purr. Fuck that. Kelly Clarkson got the last laugh. Shin dig. See you later. She doesn't give a fuck. She's she's going to get the last laugh. She doesn't care about their song, Year 3000. She said, you are not fulfilling that. Not on my watch. She said, I'm going to make myself so relevant right now, have my own talk show, be a judge on The Voice, uh, and release an album right after you do, get a divorce right before too, so people are excited to hear it just so I can outsell you. She was counting down the days to prove those basic brothers wrong. She said, they're not outselling me. Is pigs flying? So the gag is that Kelly outsold them by 1,000 units. So that's not a lot. The Jonas Brothers sold 52,000 in their first week. Kelly sold 53. (laughs) She wanted to make it sting, bitch. She said, yeah, everyone bought your seventh album, but guess what album they bought more? Mine, bitch. Her album is called Chemistry. The Jonas Brothers album is just called The Album. It's like, that just goes to show who is more creative here. The guys whose name, who names their album just The Album. Or a woman who names her album Chemistry after her traumatizing divorce. Kelly. Purr, bitch. But yeah. And you know what? Not only did they not fulfill the prophecy of not outselling Kelly Clarkson, but they let us down with that song because everything in that song was not true. When they said, everyone bought our seventh album, it had outsold Kelly Clarkson. I took a trip to the year 3000. Wait, what's, what's, the, what's the lyrics? 
Not much has changed, but they lived underwater. Yeah, no, like, we do not live underwater. I know it's not the year 3000, but, like, they just released their seventh album, and we don't live underwater. People are actually dying underwater. They're catastrophically imploding underwater. No one is alive down there right now. They were confirmed to be dead. They imploded, and their bodies were turned to um, liquid in about one nanosecond, like crushing an egg in your hand. Um... So no, they're not living underwater, Jonas Brothers. And their great-great-great-granddaughter, she's, she's going to have no clean air or water and will be dealing with end-stage capitalism. So no, she's not going to be doing just fine. So it was a lie. That song was all a lie. But I guess it was a hopeful look at the future that maybe we wish we could have, but we did not. So well, that song was a complete lie, and now we know that it was, and we're never going to make it to year 3000. We can listen to it and just pretend like everything is good and dandy. But honestly, everything is only right with the world if Kelly Clarkson outsells them. So, All right, class. Well, that wraps up the tea. But as you know, it is now time to give out some superlatives for the episode. And any good class or messy high school gives out superlatives at the end of the year just to let people know where where they stood and let people know what everyone really thinks about them. And people just like to talk about themselves and give themselves a title. So let's... I was actually awarded most likely to have their own reality show in high school. That was my own superlative. Um, And I didn't even tell anyone to vote for me. I had no idea superlatives were even being voted on. And then I was told I won that. So that was like probably my most proud achievement of my childhood i just felt so seen and understood and appreciated for being the real me so it's only right that i give out superlatives right now the superlatives on this university are going to be one america's favorite celebrity of the week two america's least favorite celebrity of the week three most likely to be canceled next four a new one most likely to break up next because we're dealing with a lot of messy couples all the time and five the secret villain award all very flattering exciting prizes to win you know at least if you're gonna be an asshole or hated you're gonna be the most hated that's something to strive for being number one so let's hand them out first america's favorite celebrity of the week It has to be Ice Spice. It has to be Ice Spice. She is in the top 10 for two songs with Taylor Swift and Nicki Minaj. And she is an advocate for people not hating on people with with Down syndrome. And she's taking it in stride. And I love her for that. And she's a bad bitch. Plus, like, don't lie. She's your favorite. She's the most exciting one to look at. She's the most exciting new it girl she's america's favorite number two america's least favorite celebrity of the week we're gonna give that to zach bia i know it should be colleen ballinger but we didn't talk about her this episode because i didn't think there'd be time and i just made a tiktok about it but people that we talked about it has to be zach bia because Olivia Rodrigo, as we all know, the last man she wrote a song about, Joshua Bassett, ended up in the hospital because he was getting so many hate comments that he almost had a stroke. 
literally. So she sends people to the hospital and Zach Bia seems to be the new guy that she's talking about. So he could potentially end up in the hospital next. And he is America's least favorite celebrity this week. I mean, he's barely a celebrity, but he's just known because of her because he's a fame fucker. Third, most likely to be canceled next. I'm going to have to give that to Taylor Swift. (gasps) Taylor Swift. I feel like she's reaching that limit of overexposure again. And people are starting to be weary of her. Her reputation is on thin ice right now, especially because people think what she did to Olivia was shady. And now that Olivia is back on the scene, maybe Taylor won't thrive as she did before. There's accusations being thrown her way. I'm seeing more hate about her using Ice Spice for clout and how she's so calculated and insidious. So while I do love Taylor Swift and I'm a Swifty, she, I think, is potentially on the dunk tank seat. Could get canceled at any moment if someone hits the target right. So... Taylor Swift most likely to be canceled next. Fourth. Most likely to break up next. That, of course, has to go to Offset and Cardi B. Of course. Culture and Waveset, I'm so sorry. But Mommy and Daddy are fighting right now. They don't love each other anymore. And that's because Daddy is for the streets. And Mommy has a WAP. So... They're most likely to break up next, as they already have twice and are fighting publicly. I genuinely hope they don't, because I do think they're a really amazing couple. But yeah, they win that superlative. Lastly, the Secret Villain Award, which is maybe the most interesting one to win, and potentially the worst, because it implies that you are deceiving everyone and you're actually a very bad guy. In You're a, sh- a wolf in sheep's clothing. I'm going to give the secret villain award to Kris Jenner. She even said it herself. Yeah, she helped her family achieve her dreams, make all this money, make a billion dollar dynasty, make the Kardashians the Kardashians. But did she do more harm than good? Was she being a hero or was she being a secret villain? The devil working hard. Was that what Kris Jenner was being? Maybe. So I'm going to give the secret villain award this week to... Chris Jenner. And I think a lot of people historically would agree with me that that is very much Chris Jenner's vibe. So congratulations to all of our superlative winners. I think they're all very fitting and they win. And thank you all so much for joining me on the first episode of this new version, kind of the same exact podcast, but just upgraded, more cunt, more iconic, more slay. Um, if you got into this podcast, it's because you had a great GPA and your parents were a legacy and you're rich and they paid me a lot of money to let you in and it's not because affirmative action because that was gotten rid of so this was on your own merit or some different kind of scheme um but yeah thank you for joining me um your support means the most i could literally ramble to you guys forever um i love you all so much you're a real one and i will of course be back with the tea next tuesday I may do more podcast episodes if the demand is higher, but we will see for now. I want to give you guys more diversified content and take over everywhere. So, you know, help, help me do that. Review this podcast. You're already here. Spotify, Apple podcast, five stars, type something out. I would love to read them. Um, DM me, screenshot yourself, listening to this, especially today, please, 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 please. And post it to your Instagram story and tag me and I'll hit you up. If I have not before, I 
do not understand how my podcast, uh, my DMs really do get flooded sometimes, but I try to answer everyone's. So please do that. Um, the cover art, by the way, is not the permanent one. I'm at, I'm hiring someone to do another one right now. It just hasn't gotten done yet. The one you see right now, I literally made in five seconds. Just took a photo of me and typed some words on it. <laughs> so trust me, I'm not proud of that cover art. If you think I am, I'm not. <laughs> just to make that very clear. Uh, I, I do look hot though, right? I look hot in it. Hot in it. I look hot in it. But anyway, do all that. Uh, check out my other socials, TikTok. Instagram, YouTube, Petty Pop Culture. If you don't follow me on there, what are you doing? You'll, you'll get all the updates about the podcast on both of those, TikTok and Instagram. More so Instagram, but I do go live a lot on TikTok to just chat and everything. Snapchat show, Unfiltered Pop. Subscribe on there. really helps me out. Some exciting, amazing content on Snapchat. And my YouTube, we're going to be doing long-form, exciting content about a whole array of pop culture and personal life things um, on my YouTube. So yeah, class. This is your professor dismissing you. I hope you loved the tea and the life lessons and you join us next Tuesday. Have an amazing week. I love you all. Oh, goodbye.